Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Well, let's dive right into things and start off with a little bit different of a topic this week and players we haven't talked about or spoken about as much, and I can't think of a better place to start than with Jonathan Kovacevic. I think people really underestimated what Montreal picked up on the waiver wire this offseason. Kovacevic has been a solid addition to the team, and argumentatively, he could be the best right defenseman in the entire organization right now, which is both really amazing that you'd pick up something like that on the waiver wire, but also at the same time doesn't say much for a lot of the right side prospects, which we'll get to a little later. I think there's two prominent prospects that will end up being traded. I just, for some reason, call it a gut feeling. I can't see it really panning out in Montreal for those two. They remind me a lot of Nathan Bullier and Noah Yolson. They're just two defensemen. Those two in particular were supposed to be uh, two defensemen that took off from Montreal. Never really panned out for them due to all kinds of issues, including lots of injuries, but more inconsistencies in their play. And I think they were probably a result of coaching at the time as well. I don't think there was ever the right coach for those two prospects. Just as, although I don't think it's going to be a coaching issue this time around, I just have a feeling the two prospects that I'll get to a little bit later aren't going to exactly fit into plans. And it might just be better to, as they say, cut bait and maximize their trade value back to Montreal by getting future first-round picks for them, as they were both first-round picks. Anyways, with all that said, Jonathan Kovacevic was picked up from the Winnipeg Jets this summer. He's six foot four, 208 pounds. He can play solidly with not only Caden Gooley, but Arbor Akjai as well. He seems to have fit right into the team. He Is he an overly offensive defenseman? No, not at all. He's more a traditional stay-at-home defenseman, but has really good balance, lateral movement, and skating skills is fluid in the transition game. And I think legitimately can be a top four defenseman. And worst case scenario, he's your third right-hand defenseman, but I think he's going to be better than that. I think he's going to be at least a second. Not saying he's going to be a long-term first, but certainly was more than an adequate replacement on the right side for Jeff Petrie, although that wasn't the intent at the time. But I think he is filled in nicely. And he's only 25 years old and doesn't have an injury-riddled past to carry along with him. Hasn't been burned out, played a whole heck of a lot of games, has a lot of energy, and comes to play every night. He's also got a great first pass. He's got the ability to join the rush, and he can do something really unusual that's been a challenge for Montreal goaltenders of recent history. He can actually clear the net due to his six foot four, 208-pound frame, and he's not afraid to get involved. He doesn't seem to be one of those players that has that kind of size and frame, but yet wants to dance on eggshells, as people have done in the past. Now, the two other prospects I said we'd get back to, which of course were first-round picks in their draft years, one by the Canadians and one by acquisition, I think Kovacevic will turn out to be better than these two players. And these two players, of course, that I'm speaking about are Justin Baran and Logan Mylou. For different reasons, I just don't think they're going to pan out as well as was hoped. There seems to be some falling off 
off this year in their progression. They seem to be taking some steps backwards. Justin Barant is concerning me because he's starting to show that injury rug that other young defensive prospects such as Nathan Bilio and Noah Yolson have shown as well. And by having those issues happening, never really got their feet underneath them, never really established spots on the team. So that's also concerning from Justin Barron's standpoint, even though he's six foot two, 195 pounds. Now, Montreal, of course, acquired Justin Barron in the Arturi Lekkonen deal last year with Colorado. And the funny thing is, Montreal was not going to be able to re-sign Arturi Lekkonen. They were already up against the cap. They already had too many roster players. Not that Arturi Lekkonen wasn't better than at least the bottom six that they currently have, but that aside, he was probably going to ask for a number that just wasn't going to be cap compliant given all the other things and players Montreal needed to take care of and sign regarding cap issues. So Montreal didn't get blindsided. Montreal didn't get robbed in that trade. They got a second round pick to be determined and what that turns out to be in this year's draft in addition to getting defenseman Justin Barron. Yes, he has six goals and six assists, 12 points in 21 games, but he's also had some injury issues this year. He didn't look like he was coming along to the point that many people thought he should be uh, when training camp started or when training camp ended. Kind of went down to Lavelle with a bit of an attitude on his uh, shoulders, talking or thinking that he should have made the team. Apparently wasn't good enough to make the team, such as the likes of Caden Gooley, Arbor Jack Eye, and Jordan Harris were. So obviously, he wasn't as good as those guys are. I have a feeling Justin Barron is going to be part of a trade. I could see him potentially being part of a Sean Monahan trade. Both players going to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Not for any draft picks this year, because Anaheim's going to have too horrific of a season to trade those away in such a deep draft like 2023 is. But it could land Montreal for Monahan and Justin Barron a first round in 2024 and 2025. And that gives Anaheim a lot of young players to build around quickly. Some people would say, why would you want to help out Anaheim? It's not that you're helping out Anaheim. You're turning players that probably are not going to do as well or be cornerstone pieces while you're doing your own rebuild into future first round picks that you may get something that addresses a need more specifically. So that's that's the advantage there. The other player is Logan Mailu. And of course, Logan Mailu has been well publicized for all kinds of issues taking place off the ice. Obviously, that's the big problem here. But he, too, has been injured at the junior level a lot, gone through some shoulder injuries, gone through some head injuries, gone through some other injuries as well. His game seems to have receded this year. Although he's got an excellent 17 points in 19 games, it seems like his game is on the backslide, if you will, as far as not progressing necessarily in the direction that maybe some people want it. Unfortunately, I think also for him is it's going to be an image issue. Montreal is a very vocal, media-driven city. Not that a lot of other cities aren't as well, but things regarding hockey take center stage in Montreal, where a lot of other cities, even though they have great NHL teams, the players have the ability to melt into the background and not really be noticeable other than at the games. They can just kind of be an everyday person. They can go about their own business and do things without being so obviously recognized. And that type of anonymity might serve him well. And 
Again, he was the 31st pick overall in the 2021 draft. So if you get something between 25 and 32 in another draft for him, that might just work out better for him. I I think there's going to be too many locust mentality issues that are just going to relentlessly keep keying on things that aren't going to either let things go, aren't going to let things die down, aren't going to let him get his game under his feet. And he doesn't need that. The organization doesn't need that. The city of Montreal doesn't need that so unfortunately although i think he's gonna have a solid nhl career he's big strong he's got a cannon for a shot excellent skater seemingly the type of defenseman that everybody wants one of i just think between injuries and some publicity issues or media issues i think might just derail his opportunities in montreal unfortunately in the case of logan Mylou and where he goes and what montreal gets i think he's going to be part of a multiplayer deal could be with someone like the new jersey devils that might be a little further ahead in their rebuild and since of course they've already taken over the number one spot in the entire league let alone their division at different times this year they may be a legitimate trading partner they also have the cap space that would be able to accommodate multiple players they've already been linked to and said to be interested in josh anderson christian dvorak maybe logan mylou is another one to toss in there and then you add that to some players such as maybe jake allen Rem Picklick or Mike Hoffman, and you've got a serious package to put together that could land something for Montreal, such as a one, two, three, first, second, third round pick in multiple upcoming drafts. So that may be more beneficial to both clubs. Those players may fit needs that Jersey has right now. Jersey obviously has no problem at center, but needs a couple of wings. Obviously, Dvorak, Anderson, Hoffman, Evans, and Piglick could all play wing, and that's their advantage, and that would take care of at least the middle six, if not even some of the top three, and as well as the middle six on their roster. Logan Mylou would give them a young defenseman, which they don't have a lot of, and of course, New Jersey being right next door to New York may provide that anonymity that Logan Mylou might be better off with. So there's there's lots of possibilities, and I'm, like all trades, I'm throwing out possibilities and things like that, but when people say, how could they trade all these players, who could they trade them to, there's opportunities, both during the regular season, and many people have said maybe more teams will make trades in the offseason due to the ability to move around cap space potential increases in the cap although that's now looking like it's only going to be another million dollar increase year versus the previous four to five million dollar increase that was talked about earlier in the season and as we've talked about before kent hughes just has or seemingly has a deft touch when it comes to trade so if anybody could work out all these logistics bringing back to montreal significant draft capital and assets he along with jeff gordon have certainly proved they have that ability to be able to do that repeatedly. Now, with all these discussions regarding the right-hand side of the Canadiens' defense currently and moving forward, again, Kovacevic seems to be the highlight of that given all the abilities we talked about earlier that he has and the solid play that he's performed since coming over. It tends to scare a few people as to where does the Canadiens or where do the Canadiens go from here. The news isn't all bad. For whatever reason, 
Left-handed defensemen seem to be able to play right D as well, better than right-handed defensemen can play the left-hand side. The good news about that is Montreal is stacked with left-handed defensemen. You've already got Caden Gooley, Arbor Akjai, Jordan Harris. You've got Matthias Norlander. You've got Adam Engstrom. You've got a whole bunch of prospects, even the most recently acquired uh, Nicholas Bodine from Chicago this year. So Montreal's got a lot of left handed defenseman. In addition to that, you also have a couple of late round picks relatively unknown in Praturi Nermi and Miguel Torgany. And although they haven't made an impact yet, you've got a lot of talent and a changing league that's dealing with a fast-paced transition game, so you don't have to be excessively large-framed anymore. Certainly has an advantage from a durability perspective, but there's a lot of plug-and-play options for Montreal. In addition to that, Jordan Harris can also play the right side, as well as his natural left position. Jason Struble, a player that he played with at Northeastern University, who's currently in his senior season this year at Northeastern University, could also do the same thing. His natural position is the left side. He can also play the right side. So Montreal is not as bare in the cupboards as some like to think or is in deep of an amount of trouble as some people want to believe on the right-hand side. It's just moving people around. And they drafted players that actually have that kind of versatility, so it's not going to be a stretch for them to play their opposite side. And they play it effectively. Jordan Harris has already done that several times this year, has played the right-hand side and not looked out of place. So that is not the huge issue or overwhelmingly chaotic concern that some people want to give it the tag of. They just have to try different prospects and move players around. And not to mention the fact, again, they're just in the beginning of the rebuilding, remodel, reconstruction phase, whatever somebody wants to use as a word to describe that. And you also have the 2023 draft coming. My belief in the 2023 draft, certainly Montreal will not not turn down a tremendous offensive talent if one's available where they pick, but I think going into it, the number one and two positions have got to be goaltending and right defense prospects. I think Montreal is all set on the left-hand side. I think Montreal is quite honestly all set at center, although I'm sure obviously there's a lot of people that would love to see Connor Bedard come to the Canadians. I think at this point, the Canadians are going to end up having way too good of a season, especially when you get teams that with Montreal already a 30 points and 30 games on the season. You've got Chicago and Anaheim sitting there with 18 and 19 points. That's a big spread to overcome. Now, Montreal could move up in the draft. I mean, there has been teams in the past that have moved up as many as seven places in the draft, but that's going to depend on a lot of luck, and there's no guarantees with that. So, any of those defensive prospects, and people are already talking about the fact that Adam Engstrom has been very impressive, wasn't intended to or being looked at to be that impressive that quickly, he's impressed a lot of people early on. He too, like Matthias Norlander, can also, though their natural position is left defenseman, they can also play right defenseman very productively and efficiently. I think Montreal has been far more competitive than a lot of people thought they were going to be this year. They already have 30 points in 30 games, like I mentioned earlier. So their point totals are not going to be as low this year, which means, unfortunately for a lot of people that were hoping for Connor Bedard in the upcoming draft probably are going to be disappointed. Obviously, everybody would love to have Connor Bedard. Obviously, he's going to be a very talented player. There's no question about that. However, I see Montreal's 
draft position probably ending up somewhere between 10 and 20. I mean, unless it really falls off the rails after December, they have been frustrating in one regard. They have beaten teams that nobody thought that they would, and then they turn around and lose to teams like Anaheim the other night, and you're like, how is that possible to lose against the team that only has one win on the season going into the game in the first 29 and is second worst in point totals in the league? You're just kind of scratching your head because they'll beat other teams on other nights that are far more competitive, near division top winning teams, and then they just lose to those seemingly give me games that would be beneficial to them and should be easy wins. You don't want to ever want to use the term easy win in pro sports. Obviously, all pro athletes are very talented. There's a lot of people that haven't gotten there and they have. But that said, if somebody said to you, who's a more competitive team this year, the Vegas Golden Knights or the Anaheim Ducks, obviously Las Vegas is a lot more competitive and has a lot more positives on their team right now than Anaheim does. Anaheim clearly, like many other other teams obviously is in a rebuild this year but because they're not in the Connor Bedard draft doesn't mean this draft will not net them a really really good prospect and being in the middle of that first round though might not net you Bedard or any of the other high touted prospects you still have a lot of good goaltenders and I think goaltenders are going to have a really interesting time at this year's draft it's like some NFL drafts there's certain years that there's just a run on certain positions of certain players and goaltending in the NHL this year seems to be having a very off year across the board for a lot of teams so there might be a lot of teams looking to either snag a well-known established goaltender who's currently a UFA or will be a UFA in the summertime, but I think there might be a lot of teams that will do everything from not necessarily intending to draft a goaltender, will if somebody says he's just too good to pass up, or might even be willing to make a reach a little bit because of the state of goaltending in the NHL. Everybody undoubtedly is very happy that offense is way up this year, but goaltending at the same time looks like it's having one of its worst years in a long time. It's not just the fact that offense is going up. It's a fact that a lot of the goals being let in are not really good goals. They're they're rather soft, as a lot of people have referred to them as, so that's never a good thing for goaltenders. I've been saying since episodes in the summer that one of the major things I'm looking forward to this year is the trading of players. I think there is a boatload of players that could all be gone, or any combination thereof could be gone. I think some players that are having such a bad season that have expiring contracts might play so badly that it can't even net Montreal anything come trade deadline and might end up just walking away. I hope that doesn't happen, but one has to think players such as Evgeny Donatov, Jonathan Drouin might be the perfect examples there as they've just done so little with this season. I mean, it can't even accurately depict them as being ghosts. They've just been non-existent. They have just been almost like they don't even exist on the ice, even though they're physically there. They're just mentally checked out, whether it be 
the system doesn't fit them, which would be hard to be the cause, in my opinion, especially with a coach like Martin St. Louis, who seems to do everything he can to get a player engaged, to give a player opportunities, but they are just a pure, straight-up no-show this year. But the trading of players is what really drew my excitement from the beginning of this season moving forward. I'm hoping there's a huge roster shuffle and maybe an all-inclusive list of Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Sean Monahan, Logan Mylou, Justin Baran, Jake Allen, Rem Picklick, Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Druin, Evgeny Donatov, and least we not forget the really, really worst player on the league by far and away has got to be Joel Armia. And that's just on the offensive side. I mean, you could have defensive players such as Joel Edmondson. You could have David Savard. You could have Chris Weidman and others from the AHL moved as well. I still believe even though Montreal needs a goaltender, even though some people will say their best scenario right now or best prospect is Caden Primo, I'm still betting that he'll end up being traded. And I, again, just a gut feeling he'll end up going to Philadelphia or New Jersey. He grew up in that general vicinity and his family's there. His uncle and his dad both played for the Flyers. So there's family history there. And I just, for the same reasons that I don't see other players fitting in, I think he's just going to struggle to fit into Montreal. I think there's going to be too much pressure. I think he can succeed as an NHL goaltender, but I don't think he's going to succeed as an NHL goaltender in Montreal, which is why I have more hope for some of their other prospects that they already currently have that were even fifth or later round picks themselves. I just think there's more of an opportunity for those players. So that wraps up episode 20. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Thank you for tuning in, and I can't wait to be back with episode 25. We'll talk soon.